In 2014, the Utah Jazz hired coach Quinn Snyder, and that led to a eight-year stretch of being a high-level, successful unit, multiple years in the top five in the West, multiple years of being top five in both offensive and defensive ratings. But I'm going to just dive back a little bit to the 2020-2021 season. This was the year that they were first place in the Western Conference, 52 and 20 record under coach Snyder. They were they had an offensive rating of 117.6, which was third in the league, a defensive rating 108.3, which was fourth in the league. Donovan Mitchell was 24 years old coming onto the stage as one of the young stars in the league. Rudy Gobert was dominant on the defensive end of the floor. Mike Conley was just traded there and was a huge piece in their success. Joe Ingles was a pivotal piece of their foundation as a unit. Jordan Clarkson, George Niang, Derek Favors, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal. This unit was poised to be successful for a very long time. And then we can fast forward to this past season. Uh, they came into this year with a ton of pressure after losing the second round to the Los Angeles Clippers the year before. They ended up finishing 49 and 33, which was fifth in the West. They had a really quality year again, finishing with an offensive rating of 116.7, which was first, and a defensive rating of 110.5, which was ninth. They played a little bit with their defense this past year. They still had the same dominant performances from guys like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, but they didn't get over the hump. Um, so this offseason has been a whirlwind for everybody in Salt Lake City, and me and Josh are here to break it down. So, Josh, how's it going? Oh, splendid. Um, I am living life in Ohio, having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite tired right now. But But yeah. Oh the other night, um, that's what uh it was probably like five in the morning. Um I was asleep and all I heard was doof. This picture fell off the wall. And that's how I just found the hook. Nice. So, I didn't know what it was until like two days later, I found the picture on the floor. I was like, oh my goodness, what happened here? Oh my God. <laughs> but that's my life. Nice. Nice. Huh? How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, gotta see my boy Dylan and uh he's back in he's actually back in salt lake ironically uh but yeah just been working on uh videos and stuff you know Mm -hmm. but we are here to discuss the jazz um what do you think because like everybody knows new coach will hardy they just traded away Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland, Rudy Gobert earlier in the summer to Minnesota. Uh, I think that they're about to be trading basically everybody that's not 
um like a project yeah like i think that malik beasley rudy gay mike conley um jordan clarkson boyan those guys are going to be uh moved pretty quick in my opinion but um I just I was wondering what I think Laurie Markman too will probably get moved. Uh Sexton maybe once his uh him and uh Laurie the timeline because I don't think they could get moved till uh December, maybe. Um I know Sexton can't. Sexton can't till surprised that they keep him though. Yeah. But what do you think? What are your like broad well, takeaways? We all saw this coming. This, um, we talked about this in the beginning of free agency in the off season. How uh, Danny Ainge did this in Boston. He went in and he basically just took everything that they already had with uh, Rondo, Paul Pierce, KG, all those, and uh, Ray Allen, all those guys, and just sent them off for a ton of boatload of picks which ended up working out because it turned into Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all the guys that they have today. So um we saw this coming. Uh they hired a young coach. We saw the parallels between what he did in Boston and what he started to do. Bless you. Um thank you. Uh but I think that they were kind of just, they were stuck in a rut. I don't know what else they could have done. They had a really good basketball team. They would always get to the playoffs, get to the second round and either be figured out or not play at the same level that they were in the regular season. Um, There was always better teams out there and it was either they keep going with that path and continue to just get be a top two, top three seed in the West every year and then get to the second round and lose to the Mavs or the Clippers or any of those other really good playoff teams. Um, Or just say, you know what, let's just scrap it all and start a rebuild now. Let's get as many picks as we can and just try to – bring guys in and build a new culture. So, I mean, I like what they did. Well, like as much as you could, like they're going to be bad for probably another five plus years. Um, if you're a jazz fan, you're not very happy. You gave up Donovan Mitchell for like, you gave, you gave up who you guys, who jazz, jazz fans thought was a top two shooting card in the NBA um, <laughs> to like, he was, he was their baby. So they uh they gave that up that always obviously would hurt it for a fan but for future purposes i think it's it was it was the right move for right now for me it's just interesting because i actually don't think that they'll be that bad in 2 years i actually think like the talent oh, they won't be like i don't think it'll be as bad as like a new york nick rebuild or the old laker rebuilds like, it won't be that bad, but just because of how many picks they brought up. Like, they're going to get a top five pick next year. Yeah, that's what – you land somebody in the top five next year, you just 
brought in uh, Walker Kessler and uh, Oshi Ibaji. Um, one of Ibaji was a lottery pick. Uh, you'll like looking at who they have before they even move Clarkson, Boyan, Conley, Rudy Gay, like they have a lot of young guys now that are like huge upside players like Leandro Balmaro, like people were saying during his draft that he could be a Manu type of guy. Jared Butler has upside. Um, Walker Kessler has incredible upside. Johnny Juzang has upside. Uh, Nikel Alexander Walker. I love that kid's game. Um, It's just, they have a ton of dudes that could go out and hoop and be high level guys. And I think that this will give them the opportunity to do so, along with also having a guy like Will Hardy. And they could become trade pieces in the future. Yeah. But honestly, they're they're in contention to land uh, Victor, the the big Frenchman. Yeah. That's what you you land him and your whole direction changes, in my opinion, like. He's going to be special. And uh, they, I, I actually see this unit within maybe two to three years being that like seven, eight seed, like competitive in the West. Like, like what little, the, the Hornets are in the East. Like a little, I, not, not necessarily. I think that they have more of a uh, structure than the Hornets. Um, no, like not not how they play, but what the Hornets oh. are in the East. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that young team that's like the seven seed, and then I'm even could... saying I'm even saying just like in terms of their front office and who's running the show, and like the parallels with Boston. If they draft right in two to three years, who are their Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum gonna be? You know, mm-hmm. that's what like if they draft right. And if they make the right moves with the older guys that they have now, they could be pretty dang competitive really quick. Like Boston, those teams like that Eastern Conference Finals team, they shouldn't have been there. They were just young and frisky, and they are out there just balling and playing hard and shooting well and playing defense at a high level. It was just being underdogs. I think Will Hardy is going to be awesome. I really like him. I like what like I've heard about him. He was he had an awesome podcast with um with um Woj and uh I think that in the long term, I think that this was their best move. You were saying just like they couldn't get over the hump. They couldn't get over the hill. They were a very good team and they just couldn't become a great team, which is upsetting because the blender was always fun to watch. It was fun to study, but uh we'll see what happens now in Utah. They're, uh, I was going to say something. Oh, uh, as to go back to like the right trades that you were saying, I know a team that would be, has quite a few first round picks that would be willing to give some up for, uh, Jordan Clarkson and Bogdanovich. The Suns? 
I, I didn't I didn't say that, but I would assume. Um, let's dive into these trades a little bit more though. So we got we'll do the first one first. So Rudy Gobert got moved to Minnesota for I think it was a total of five picks and, and like uh, four players. And the players were Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, and yeah, that's it. So they got four young, frisky guys. Uh, Malik Beasley is the oldest of the bunch and five picks. Um, Pepev. And Pepev. Pepev. Who turned into into THT. Turned into THT and Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson, So, so like that that was that's like that's a that lot trade's of arguably it's arguably better than the Cleveland trade. I ooh, ooh. for their future? Yeah, I think that we'll talk more about the Cleveland move, but I think that the Cleveland move they got more talent out of that'll result into more picks. While this I think was more like a lot of young guys that they could work with. The only old guy, the only older guy out of the bunch that ended up was Malik Beasley is like he's 26 something like that, yeah. And so is Stanley Johnson. So like two 26-year-olds are the oldest. They'll probably try to move both of them to be honest, but <laughs> I, think I think they'll keep like- I think they'll keep Stan, end up keeping Stanley Johnson. I think a team might want him because he did play well in LA. Unless he's like a filler guy. I could see, I can see like like a playoff team wanting him, like a Chicago or something. Like a Malik Beasley trade if you needed to put him in. Yeah. But um, that Gobert trade was absolutely. It ruined the market. Yeah. It was groundbreaking like uh that's why kd couldn't get moved like just Mm -hmm. the amount that utah got for him was absolutely incredible um out of those guys who do you think is going to be the best like who do you think is a foundational piece for them moving forward i think it's going to stay who do you think is going to stay and impact the most um, one of the picks. I mean, out of the guys, I'm trying to loophole uh, this. God, could I say? Could I say THT? Yeah, he's technically a return. Yeah. I him because I think he'll be in a he'll be not so much the guy, but he'll have more freedom than he did in LA. He could make those mistakes and grow as a player instead of being like filled like being put on being having the pressure of having to win every night and you're basically what the fourth guy fifth guy in LA like everyone thought he'd be he'd make that jump and be like over Westbrook this year but he didn't end up doing that he came in with that pressure and now he could just be a basketball player he could just he's going to Utah a very small market team um he could just go be himself and grow as a player. Like, I feel like it'll benefit him 
in and immensely like you see all those guys all the guys that left LA that became stars or very good NBA players like Lonzo and uh Brandon Ingram Jordan Clarkson all those guys that were either part of the rebuild or there when LeBron got there that were part of that um Anthony Davis trade now they're really good NBA players without that pressure of Los Angeles Nah, for sure. Uh, I'm actually going to say Jared Vanderbilt. I think that he is going to be a high-impact winning guy that they won't want to let go once he gets to play for them. That I could, uh, I could see someone making a really good offer for him, like a good playoff team. I could see somebody like uh, Clippers or something, like send in two firsts and a bench player for him. Like, I, just because... I, that's why I don't know if he'll, he'll stay. I don't know if he'll end up staying. I'm just saying, though, that he could be somebody for Utah that's like a Marcus Smart or a Al Horford. Like, to continue to draw parallels from Boston, it's like he's a guy that will go out there and make winning plays, even if they're losing. Like, in Minnesota, he was awesome. The One of the best rebounders in the league. He goes out there, does his job at a high level, plays with great energy offensively he's very raw doesn't really he can put the ball on the ground a little bit turned it over a little bit too much he could finish uh jump shots in in progress but like just the effort they comes in every night with i just feel for what utah's doing right now he's somebody that once you get him in the room and in that building you're going to want to keep him there as long as possible because he's somebody that could be special in terms of being successful for a very long time. Yeah, no, I get that hundred percent. Like I like the parallel between him and Marcus smart, just because he is that like motor guy. He could be that cornerstone, that culture guy that Marcus smart is in Boston. Um, I mean, that, that was a huge, loss for the Timberwolves just because of his impact that he had on that team last year. Um, just to go back to them, but I that's what like I was that. actually, I was going to pivot the conversation to Minnesota. Yeah. You can if do you that want. then. Oh, I, I thought you unless were going to talk going. about the, unless you want to talk about the uh, Cleveland trade first. We'll go Minnesota and then we'll talk Cleveland. Okay. Um, For Minnesota, they pick up multi-time defense player of the year one of the best bigs in the league um to pair alongside carl anthony towns anthony edwards d'angelo russell um what do you think about his fit with this unit i'm i like the fit i could see it working but I'm not – I don't think it's going to be as good as people think. I don't think they're going to be above a five seed. I don't like – that. That's. I feel like that's their ceiling at, at their best. I think they could be a five seed. I don't think they're going to be, like, top three in the West, like people are saying, just because it's a new team. I mean, um, I could see – I defensively, they're going to be very good. Uh if Cat could get stay two slides with a four, uh, I which I think he can, but offensively I feel like it's just gonna be too cluttered. I feel like 
I, I'm, I am excited to see how it's going to look, like what different schemes they're going to throw out there um, just to try to get it moving more. But I'm not the hugest fan. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Rudy Gobert as a player. I mean, he's an amazing defender, uh, but offensively, he, I mean, I'm not a big fan of him offensively, but I'll see. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is a guy that could bring the best out of him as a point guard. Uh, I feel like he'll put him in the right positions to be able to make plays around the rim, uh, get little touch shots up. I feel like that pick and roll game is going to be very good. Um, but I don't think it's going to be as good as people think. I feel like they're going to be a fun team. Obviously, they were a fun team last year. They're adding an all-star and a defensive player of the year winner constantly. Um so they're going to get better, but I don't think it's going to be as good as people think. So for me, I think that they could be top three in the West. Um, that's the ceiling for me. I don't think that I don't think that they win the West next year in terms of like being the number one seed. I think three is like, dang, it worked. Um, to throw some numbers out there in the playoffs, they had the middle of the pack defensive rating same in the regular season they were eighth in the playoffs 13th in the regular season they were third in both steals and block shots in the regular season and then the playoffs they were third in steals first in block shots um i think that rudy gobert fills a lot of their holes especially at the defensive end um they're so active and frenetic. Chris Finch loves just causing havoc at the defensive end, blitzing, just showing bodies, being in like high pressure, denial, like all this stuff that just causes havoc, forces turnovers. And now you can put Rudy Gobert in the middle and let Cat play with his athletic ability wide and just that length. Like their starting lineup, I think it'll be along the lines of Cat, Gobert, Edwards, D'Lo, and probably McDaniels, but I can maybe see Kyle Anderson in that spot too. Um, I forgot they got Kyle Anderson. Uh, like, they have a lot of really good players, and like, and then you talk about the bench unit. Like, I don't know how they're going to split minutes, but you could have Cat or Gobert playing with Nas Reed. You can have Nas Reed as just a five-man playing small with a bench five, like a bench lineup. Um, They added shooting with Bryn Forbes and uh, Austin Rivers. Um, They drafted uh, that Josh Minette kid from Memphis. He couldn't shoot it. Uh. I just think that what they and Wendell Moore they drafted too, he could shoot it too. Um it's just like what they added was exactly what they needed. And they added one of the most elite interior defenders the game's ever seen. And then offensively, I think that this will allow Cat to be ten times better than he's ever been. I think Cat is going to be 
probably top 10 player this year. Like, I think he's going to make it known, like, hey, I'm one of the best and most talented players in the association. Like, let me work. He's going to be able to play in space. He's going to get post touches. He's going to get the ball in so many different spots that I don't know how you're going to guard him because there's nobody like him in the league. The closest to him is probably like an Anthony Davis type of guy, you know? Um, I'm excited to watch him and Gobert play off of each other offensively where Gobert roams the bottom, roams the porch. I'm watching them two in a pick and roll. Cat could handle. Like, they, Chris Finch isn't scared to get creative. So, uh, that's just me getting a little preview to you guys for Friday about what I'm going to talk about. But I'm I'm excited about Minnesota. I very I really am. Uh, especially being able to watch some film the past couple of days. I think Gobert will fit right in and plug up a lot of things that they struggled with last year. Um, but now to the other trade. Donovan Mitchell got sent to Cleveland last week for Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton, Oji Abaji, and five first-round draft picks. Three three unprotected firsts and two swaps. Um, out of those guys, I don't even know. Other than Abaji, I don't think the other two are staying long time. You don't think Colin Sexton's going to be there? I think that they're. Gonna I think he's going to be their point guard. Well, I mean, like long term, like over three yeah. years. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think That's he has fair. the potential to be an all-star point guard, like by himself. If he could stay healthy, like I mean, I liked what I did like what uh Cleveland did. So maybe with that, um may like maybe bring another point guard in and then see how that works out. But I like I love Colin Sexton as a player. I think he could be another culture guy. Uh if he stays around, but um, I think like same thing with THT. If you, you gave him the freedom, uh, I think he could definitely be borderline all-star player, if not an all-star. I I'm I think that Colin Sexton is so good that they should move him. That they should get themselves a first and second oh, they round or something. They can definitely get a lot, a lot for him. Uh, that's that's my thought process because I just think he's he's kind of old for the like he's on the older yeah. end of what they've received. And if they look to move Malik Beasley, I think that they for sure move Colin Sexton. Um, I get that. I just hope he comes back healthy. He's so fun to watch. Uh. Abaji, I hope he pans out for them. Uh, he'll be a solid, solid shooter. Could play some defense. I wasn't huge on him going in the draft as a lottery pick, but hey. But let's uh, pivot and talk about Cleveland. Um, the Cavs are going to be freaking good. Uh, they the just East, added, the, huh? The East in general is going to be amazing. Oh yeah, like I forgot about half the teams. Like. I mean, I'm not super high on Atlanta just with that, but um, they're going to be good. Atlanta's gonna, they're going to be good. Cleveland's going to be really good. Miami, Boston, Philly, Brooklyn's back. <laughs> Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Toronto. Toronto. Another year. Like, East is going to be really good. I, I And I, I have a good feeling that uh, 
Orlando's going to look good. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but playing not now. But I could see them in the play. Look good. Charlotte's solid. Yeah, Charlotte under Clifford might play some defense. Like the East is good. <laughs> Sorry to get off topic. No, it's it, no. You're fine. Um, to talk about Cleveland more, they just added a arguably top like probably 18 to 24 like that's where donovan mitchell would be in terms of like player ranking 18 to 24 Uh um two two all-stars in jared allen and darius garland one of if not the best young player in the association evan mobley karis levert was bumpy for them but if he's solid he could definitely baby he can be impactful um they still have Kevin Love. They signed Raul Neto. Isaac Okoro can guard. He needs to be able to shoot it better. Rondo. Ricky Ru- Oh, no, I don't think they have Rondo anymore. But they have yeah, Ricky no, Rubio. Uh, Lamar Stevens played very well. Dean Wade. Dylan, Dylan Windler. Um, they drafted uh, Nebhard, RJ Nebhard from TCU. Isaiah Mobley's on the roster. Uh, signed Robin Lopez. Um, I'm just. I think that this is gonna be a fun squad. Mm-hmm. They're ten They're deep. Be really, really good. Ten deep. They got three ball handling guards that can make plays. Actually, four if you count Neto too. They got some. I the weak spots. They're three because like they're kind of playing with. I bet Lavert's Le- gonna start at the three, but after him, it's Stevens. I think it'll be Okoro. Osman, you think Okoro? He's just mm-hmm. small. But that—that that literally, Levert. that's the only weak spot. Huh? Lavert's small too. Isn't Lavert bigger than? Oh, Lavert has an inch. Know. Has an inch on Okoro. Okoro. Okoro could guard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I feel like that would just help that lineup a lot better. Um, or a lot more. Um, Dean Wade will probably get a lot of run. Chetty. Unless, unless you throw unless you throw in uh, Mobley at the three. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I actually think that that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, Love, and Allen. That'd be you have spacing. You have that same length you had last year. You let Mobley kind of guard the best player on the other team. Oh my god. Uh is and there now, another guy out there in free agency that they could pick up? Like not three? not that I like the free agents that I saw were like Schroeder, Boogie, Lamarck Saldridge. Yeah. Uh I mean what was that player owned extension team thing? I don't know what you're talking about. You didn't see that uh, player owned expansion team? Um what's it called? Oh, they can sign Mello. Lance. <laughs> I know Stevenson. that uh, I know What's his face? I can't think of his name. Uh, Kelly Oubre is on the market. 
like for trades. I oh, that, I, I don't I, think that would be a great fit, but it wouldn't be a great fit play. offensively. I like it on defense, more length and athleticism. Just keep yeah. piling it on. Um, just trying to think of people that are available. But where do you think the Cavs team right now? Where do I think they finish? Yeah, top three. Top three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm really high on this team right now. I think I think Mobley's going to take a huge step uh, in his second year. I think he's going to be one of the most improved players and like st- statistically uh, in the NBA. Um, I think him and Scotty Barnes are both going to take huge leaps uh, just from the rookie class and Kate, uh, Kate Cunningham. But I think uh, like they're young. They had a great year last year. They fell short a little bit in that play in, but they have that experience now and now they're hungry. They're, they got a guy that was in Utah that hasn't been happy for a few years. Now he's got this Cleveland organization, like the Cleveland fans, um, all excited. Like the city of Cleveland's excited again. Uh, I just, and I just think they're going to be a fun, fast team. And they, they threw out a lot of different stuff last year, um, with those big lineups and all that stuff. Uh, so I think I think they're gonna be creative this year, and I think they're gonna be a high-scoring team. Um, I just hope that they're solid. I hope that they're. I hope that they could become really good on the defensive end because I think that they have a lot of potential there, especially in that starting five. Yeah, I would honestly. I'm just saying that I'm more on the side of the Milwaukee's and. Like, I think Cleveland is in that Toronto land, like, of being a very good team, but not being in that top four to five. Like, I think the top five in the West is kind of set if there's no injuries. I don't think that – I think they'll finish above – I think Milwaukee wins the East. And then – I think they're going to be battling with Boston. I don't think Boston's going to finish top three. Well, for me, the top five is Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Miami, Cleveland. It's all going to be within. Because you don't know what Brooklyn's going to do. Nobody knows what Brooklyn's going to do. On paper, they could win the NBA. They they could win the title. But <laughs> did you see? Did you see the Zach Lowe quote? <laughs> yeah, dude, I just listened to his podcast, and I thought that, that was hilarious. He's like, "They're the Brooklyn on papers." I was like, oh. "He said he said uh, something like they're Dunder Mifflin, or they should be Dunder Mifflin should be their sponsor <laughs> <laughs> because they're really good on paper." Oh my god! Oh, oh, oh cramp! <laughs> but um. You got anything else to add to Cleveland? Because I, I just, just I'm gonna, excited. I'm, I'm excited to go to games. Yeah, you'll be, <laughs> you'll be able to go. <laughs> very good. That's what you before before I got here. You're like, hey, you can go to Cavs games. They'll be like fifteen dollars seats. <laughs> That's what now it might. I I don't know how much it's gonna go up, but definitely going up. It's gonna. I like if it's a good game, it'll be like fifty for nosebleeds. <laughs> 
at the low end. If I yeah, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm kind of happy the Pacers are going to have their struggle bus year because I already looked. Their openers like 12 bucks. They're going to be like, they'll be fun to watch though. Oh my, I'm so hyped to see Halbert. But to let's let's wrap things up with Utah. So yeah. in the long term, what like I know we really can't say much because of we don't know who or how they'll draft and what they'll do with the guys that they still have to move and Boyan, Clarkson, Conley. But uh what do you think about how they went about this offseason? Uh, like I said earlier, I think it was a good, the, the right move for right now. Um, They're kind of just stuck in limbo. And I mean, not many people were happy. Like Donovan Mitchell wasn't happy with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert wasn't happy with Donovan Mitchell. Um, I mean, Quinn Snyder got the boot, uh, which was kind of shocked the NBA, kind of, like kind of, kind of shocked the NBA. Yeah. Um, But I feel like with the new coach, might as well go build a new identity now and start building for the future. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I really like the move. I would like, like you said, we don't know who's going to be on the team, who's going to be those corner pieces. I mean, like we put our ideas out there, like Jared Vanderbilt, THT, Colin Sexton, uh, Obagi, and then whoever they decide to keep. I don't think it's going to be many guys uh, from the past team, like the guys that they drafted, I think they'll bring in and keep but i mean i feel like jordan clarkson's gonna be on the move mike conley um so basically all the guys that had that previous culture are gonna be on the way out oh my goodness sorry um but i mean just build for the building for the future and i mean you i'm starting to agree that like with what you said, like, I don't think it's going to be as long of a rebuild, like three to five years, they'll be back in the play or three, probably like around three years, they'll probably be back in the play in playoff. Just yeah. with those draft picks. I, um, I just trust who they have in the front office. Like I really trust. Oh yeah. I, I like their ownership group. I like how they operate. I like what they've been doing from like, even like the last two years before this off season, I was like, dang, they're really trying to do what they could do to make this place more of a sell to free agents, to people to make this team as good as it could be, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the, the front office has a very good track record too. So yeah. Um, I'm all in on this though. Like I think that they will be probably the quickest turnaround rebuild that we've seen in recent NBA history. Uh, Warriors baby. The war that wasn't that was just injury plagued year. That was not a rebuild. This is like they're they're tearing there, down. There's got to be somebody. There's got to be Cleveland. Cleveland was fast. Cleveland was two was, years. They did it differently though. Like the trade, the Jared Allen trade changed everything. Well, yeah, one trade could change everything. Yeah, but they're doing. Utah's doing it differently than them. Utah's trying to go through the like Utah's probably going to try to find a guy through the draft. If it takes a while, then they are going to get rid of the Colin Sexton and the THT. Um, like if they don't get Victor this year, like I think if you don't get Victor or uh, is it Hardy? No, 
Who's the presumed Brady's number two pick? Um, Derek Whitehead. I don't know. No, I saw. I was reading a thing. Um, if you don't get a top two pick, like you're just gearing up for the next draft, but. You're trying to do whatever, and maybe they go all in on Victor. Maybe they offer up like a load of their picks and swaps, and just like, hey, we're all in on this guy. Maybe because them and OKC have enough to do that. It's wild though how those two teams own like sixty percent of draft equity or whatever. Could you imagine if OKC gets has a lineup? I mean, we were talking about this the other day—a lineup with, uh. Chet Holgram at the four and and Victor Wananabe at the five. With Shea, yeah. Josh, Giddy, and one of those. Ooh, uh, rumors. Rumors are that Shea is on the market. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That could be the, that like, GMs think that that's going to be the next big guy that gets on Oops. the market. Yeah. If I'm, big- honestly, if I'm like New York, I'm going all in on it. New York, um, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix, ooh. He could, be, he could be the reunion. I feel like he could be the successor. That's what I'm saying. That'd be good. That'd be a good move. Shea, Book. What about the Lakers? Um, I just don't think they have enough for it. I mean, what they'll go the in. Kings? What about the Kings? Indiana. Oh, a Shea and, and Tyrese backcourt? Is uh-huh. that what we're saying? That would be one? really good. That would be hit them. Uh, so I similar, though. Detroit? No, I don't like that. I like what they got. I'm high on Detroit for no reason. Um, But, yeah. That's what about like, Toronto? There's a lot of places that Shea would be really Shea good. Shea's, like, Shea's that lead guard that everybody would want. Like nobody doesn't want yeah. Shea Gilgis. Like that would be it would be a huge market for him. That's I mean, like it's kind of smart for them if they do shop him because yeah. you know Giddy could be that lead guard if you get a really good package. Like say if you did trade him to Toronto, if they gave up OG and an OB, um bench pieces and like three picks. Yeah. Picks. Yeah. That's a really good return. But, but let's call it here. Uh, yeah. There's a lot. that This was the Jazz basically were the reason that this offseason was wild. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was nice kind of like diving into them. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, for more content, check out the YouTube channel. Shout out to the 1K. Um, we made it. And uh, yeah. So stay tuned. Next Wednesday, another pod. And on Friday and Monday, videos on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Check us out. Watch the videos. Peace.